0: Amen. Good morning, folks. Good morning, folks. Gosh, I, went, I thought we went from spring back to winter there for a minute. It's good to be in God's presence. It's good to be with each other. It's good to be with each other. It's better to be with each other in God's presence than anywhere else in the world. The sons of Korah wrote that down in Psalm 82 or 4, I think, I can't remember. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than anywhere else. He, well, he described it. He said it, the tents of the wicked. <laughs> he said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. Now, the sons of Korah, they, the reason why they spilled that in the Psalms was because they, they'd actually watched their father die because he reprioritized things in his life that wasn't the king in the kingdom. And they realised their lives had been shown great mercy great mercy and they realize it's like gosh God's mercy is so rich and great there's no place I'd rather be than with him with his people in the presence of the king that's what we've been made for and destined for um this morning uh you know I just I feel like um I almost feel like I want to teach you before we do anything this morning so the Holy Spirit's on me and um so we're just going to do that for a bit, uh, and, and then we'll just see what God wants to do. But uh, it's, it's been an incredible six weeks. You may not have realised it. You may have realised it. But about the last six weeks, it's been pretty staggering, the favour of God as he's been breaking through in people's lives as his kingdom has been breaking through with healing and jobs and provision and, and uh, relationship restoration and people coming to meet Jesus. It's been an amazing six weeks. And um, uh, it, 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 if you weren't here, you, you should probably go on to soundcloud.com and listen to that message that both Phil and Kath Henry brought a couple of weeks back and that Rob Hebb bought last week. Um, that they, they weren't just words being spilled out. These people spent time pursuing God's heart for us as a people. And for those who had an ear to hear, they would hear something of God drawing them into another, another season, if, if, if you had the ears to hear. But you've got to apply your ear to learning. Even Isaiah says that. You've got to apply your ear to learning like one being taught. In other words, like, you know what it's like being a student. You've all been students. In fact, that's what the word disciple means. It means student. Did you realise that? Disciple means student. Well, well, what are we students of? We're students of Jesus and his kingdom. But it means you have to actually apply your ear to learning like a student being taught. Now, if you've if, if you're like me, sometimes there's a lot of stuff that's going on around me and in me that wants to actually distract me from applying my ear to learning. Um, that may just be me. Like if I see a ball come bouncing across here, I'd probably go and chase it, you know, and get distracted. But there, there's, there's this experience where God's inviting invites you into a place of learning if you have the ear to hear. But you've got to put your ear to what God's saying, and um, and so I now now Phil and Kath said these four words, and they were um, courage, um, mateship, um, sacrifice, and endurance. That's right, endurance, courage, mateship, sacrifice, and endurance, and they 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 felt like they were four words from the Lord's heart for us here as a people, as a people and as individuals. So, so you need to go back and revisit that message and go back and listen to that one. And then Rob Hebb came along last week and he did this. Some of you might not have seen it, but he did this little prophetic action. Some of you may not have seen it, but he, he stood here and he said, you know, I've been praying for you guys and as the Lord's shown me a picture of you guys. I see you as a battleship, all laden with, you know, all of the generosity of the weapons of God's kingdom. It's all there, laden on you. And he said, and but but, and then he he said, but you've been tied to your moorings. You've been tied to your moorings, and you're in. You've been in this place of, in the, you know, uh, where where you know where they. I can't think of the name of the word. But the harbour, that's it, in, in the harbour. You've been in the harbour there on the moorings. And he said, but you've been made for the high seas. You've been made for the high seas. And he said, and so I'm just going to, and he and he did this sneaky little thing. He just stood there and he said, so I'm just going to, in the name of Jesus, just cut you free from your moorings. You may have seen him do that. I, I believe that that in that moment, the Lord... Was, was calling us into something very significant in his heart for you and for us as a people. Very, very significant. You see, we've been made for the high seas as a people. And when we're living in calm waters, we're actually very dissatisfied because we're not living where we've been made to live. Now, the high seas are, are called high seas because they have some very demanding realities about them. Anyone, any, we got any fishermen here that have been out in the deep when it gets a bit rough out in Moreton Bay? It, it's Those waves, you know, in the space of a few hours, the waves can pick up and they can be very, very powerful indeed. And it means in those moments you need to have your... Like wits about you. <laughs> you need to be very, very focused. Very focused. Because you've got to journey the high seas. And um, uh, one of the things, if, if we're made for high seas, but we're living in calm in the harbor, we feel deeply dissatisfied. But God's actually calling you and me and us into his preferred prophetic destiny for us which is high seas. And and I think that Rob's message and Phil and Kath's message to us is a very powerful invitation from God in this season. And I want you to go and listen. If you haven't listened to those messages, go back and listen to them, please. You can get them on podcast, Vineyard Pine Rivers, or if you prefer to use soundcloud.com, Vineyard Pine Rivers, Go back and listen to those messages, please, because there's the, the heart of God is in them for us. the heart of God is in them for us um, <clears throat> one of the one of the great tragedies is that I was talking to a guy on friday i 've known him for probably six or seven years and um He knows Jesus, he loves Jesus, but in the course of a five-minute conversation of meeting this guy, he said, I'm just hoping one day God will tell me what I'm meant for. And I just stood there, I was like, dude, you've been following Jesus six years and you don't get it yet? What you're made for? Why he saved you? Why he, you know, invaded your life with his, with his saving grace. You don't get that yet? After six or seven years? He's like, no, I just don't get it. And I said to him, well, what have you been doing for the last six or seven years? He said, oh, well, just trying to, you know, make it up, figure it out, do Whatever. And I said, and how do you feel at the end of six or seven years of that as a lifestyle? He said, I feel confused, worn out, and completely dissatisfied as a follower of God. I said, well, that's probably about how you should feel. Because you haven't got it. If you've got a Bible, open it up to Philippians chapter 2, just quickly. Philippians chapter 2. Paul writes this amazing scripture about it and he's, he's meditating on the reality of Jesus in Philippians 2 there. And and he says, um, you know, uh, I haven't got my Bible up here, but I, as best I can, I'll recount it to you. He says, if if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, he then says, As he's speaking to this group of churches, he then says, then make my joy complete. If there's any encouragement from being united with Jesus, then make my joy complete. And he he, he goes on there about um, the fruit that flows from being united with Jesus. Can you see it there? There's this fruit that flows from being united with Jesus. And then out of that, he then also says, now listen, your attitude should be the same as Jesus. Now, usually when we hear those kind of words in that form, that sentence structure of your attitude should be that of like Jesus, we usually hear it with an angry voice. We hear it with this sense of I've got the wrong attitude and I'm getting in trouble. That's not what Paul's doing here. What he's saying is, Look at the obvious. Just look at the obvious. He's saying, if you're united with Jesus and that's the fruit that flows from Jesus, then the natural outworking, the implication of that is that you will be like Jesus. Your attitude will be a Jesus-like attitude. He's saying that equates to this. He's not getting nasty on him and heavy on him, and he's not coming at him with a gruff voice. And so when you read the scriptures like that and you hear the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, you know what? Your attitude should be the same as Jesus who being in very nature God humbled himself, became nothing, a servant and took on flesh and came and made his dwelling among us. Um, there's this natural work of the Spirit in our life that wants us to f- that wants to flow through us. It's the reality of Jesus, and that we should be more and more coming into greater and greater realities of of Jesus alive in us, the hope of glory. It sounds very simple, and yet for some reason my mate who's been following Jesus for six or seven years didn't get that. I said, there's your your purpose right there, mate. Your purpose is actually to be like Jesus in this world and into the age to come. Look more and more like Jesus. You see, for Paul as a pastor, as he's leading all these churches, he couldn't think of a higher joy than seeing people become more like Jesus. Than seeing people become more like Jesus. And yet, my friend, in the absence of realising that he's actually been made for something wonderful, great and glorious, he just settled for whatever. He settled for whatever as his Christian experience. I'm telling telling you, you have been made and saved for something greater because of what God has demonstrated for us through Jesus. And he's calling you and me into that afresh this morning. Um, I'm just going to grab my Bible here so I can refer to it more clearly let me read that Philippians 2 scripture to you if you've got any encouragement from being united with Jesus Christ any comfort from his love if you've found any sense of his love has actually been a comforting reality to my life if any fellowship with the Holy Spirit if you've got any fellowship at all with the Holy Spirit If any tenderness and compassion make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Let me just repeat the Be like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Don't do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of us should look not only to our own interests but to the interests of others. Your attitude should be that as same of Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. He made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant and being made in, in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death and even death on a cross. And therefore God exalted him to the highest place and he gave him a name above every other name. Do you see what comes with humility? You get elevated into the heavenly purposes, the glorious purposes of God. Jesus being made in human likeness. Your journey in this life can and should reflect the reality of being lifted up into the glorious rule and reign of God. And out of where we where we settle for God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name above every other name, and at that name of Jesus, every knee would bow on heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now listen to what listen to the heart of Jesus. I think it's in about John eight, John eight, where some of the guys were giving him uh, a bit of a raz. As they tended to do. Yeah, John eight. In John chapter eight forty nine, he says he basically says, "Look, I'm here to honor my father, and I'm not seeking glory for myself." That's just, that's the Jesus lifestyle. I'm not seeking glory for myself. But the thing is, Jesus does have glory to give. And so do you. Did you hear that? You have glory to give. The point is, where are we giving it? To whom are we ascribing it? You see, we were the pinnacle of God's good creation, that we were image bearers of God, that it would give glory to the Maker. You, you, you've been born, though broken and, and, and affected by the reality of sin, yet mysteriously eternity has also been built into your heart and mine. Even as Solomon noticed it one day and wrote it down. You and I have been made to give glory, to reflect glory. Where are we giving it? To whom are we giving it? Where are we putting that? One of the psalmists one day, he was, um, uh, he was reflecting on the great Exodus event. And, and, and in Psalm, uh, I think it's 97, he said um, something to this effect. He says, For you, O Lord are the most high over all the earth. Now, when he says most high there in the text, it's not like he's talking positionally. He actually says that's his name. He's not saying that's a position. He's saying that's his name. God's name is most high. Okay? That's his name. Even as, you know, that's Bill Treneman over there. God's name is most high. And so the psalmist, as he's reflecting on what God did when he set the people free from Egypt and when he sent them into this journey of deliverance and into a place of promise, he's thinking back on that now. And he writes, for you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above every other God. See, the psalmist got it. He got it. Not because he felt good or not because he sort of somehow generated up some sense of, Ooh, I'm going to, you know. He got it because he reflected on the story of God, on the faithfulness of God's delivering power to take a humble, broken people, enslaved and trapped, caught in bondage, and by His grace choose them from all the other peoples of the earth to demonstrate who he is as most high. And he sets them free from all of the, 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 the demonic infrastructure that Egypt had in its day. And he sets them free. And ultimately, even from the power of Pharaoh himself, who was supposed to be a demigod, a, 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 a part God, part human reality, he kills, he, he, the spirit of death kills his son in their deliverance. And God's demonstrating himself as most high. And the psalmist says, you're the exalted one. And in that action, in that statement, in that confession, in that revelation, the psalmist realises he's got glory to give to something and to someone. And he's ascribing it to most high. Now, most high has revealed his face Even as Abraham, uh, even as Moses desperately cried out that I would see your face, he has revealed his face. He's revealed his face in the lordship of his son Jesus. For you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth, you're exalted over all the gods. See, God is. He's calling each and all, every one of us into a revelation of walking in something greater than what you think you've been made for and into what He has declared you are for. You and I have been put on this planet to give glory to God. That is our divine purpose and reason for being to give glory to God. Well, how does that work? Well, I'll touch on that after we take up our offerings and we set the kids free into into kids' kinship. Holy Spirit, thanks for what you're doing here this morning. Thanks that you're shifting attitudes and atmospheres and transitioning us into different places right now this morning. And we just ask by your Holy Spirit that as we bring our offerings to you this morning, that you would be blessed, O God Most High, who has set us free from the powers of sin and death and all of the demonic infrastructure that our life was ensnared by. And you've brought us into the kingdom of your wonderful Son, Jesus Christ. The reason why I think the Lord's um, kind of pressing a point here this morning is because to live on the high seas, to use Rob Hebb's words, to actually live in the fullness of what we've been made for, we actually have to realize it and come into an understanding. And for Paul, when he wrote that in Philippians 2 about the reality of Jesus, um, the reason why he wrote, make my joy complete, is because there is nothing more distressing. And you will have seen this in your life, even as I've seen this in my life. And the saying goes like this, you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink. And for Paul, there's nothing more distressing. That's why he's saying, make my joy complete. It's because he's he's talking of a place of the fact that he says, I've led people to the water. I've led people to the water, but I can't make them drink. And that's why he's pressing on this this point by hey make my joy complete if there's any connectivity at all any fellowship at all any sense of connection with Jesus and the holy spirit make my joy complete he's he's saying drink from the water drink from the water You know, there's been so many um, moments and times in my own journey with Jesus where he's led me to the water and I haven't taken the drink. And in that moment of not taking the drink that he's led me to drink, I've settled for less and then I wonder why I'm unhappy. Because in not drinking the water... What I'm actually saying is, no, Lord, I know best. You hearing me? There's a whole bunch of people that fill the church of Jesus all over the world that have settled for less because they don't understand. God's led them to the water to drink. That they would live for a higher purpose. <clears throat> I just want to quickly touch on a few things here in living for God's glory. And I and I think as I'm saying this, it's like I'm actually feeling. Um, you know, and I need to put it up there in front of you. I'm actually feeling years of distress. Not that not that it's, I'm laying that on you. I'm just saying before you. I'm feeling years of distress of leading people to water, but they won't drink. I'm not laying that on you. I'm just saying that's how I'm feeling. And I think I'm entering into what Paul's saying in Philippians 2, which is, oh, people of God, make my joy complete. Please, please, for God's sake and for your sake, enter into the joy of your salvation. Living for for God's glory. I touched on the first one there, appreciation. Look, these are just four very very quick facets that i want to touch on but in in, a, in living for god's glory or the glorification of god in the earth and for our higher and well-being um, the, the first is appreciation and i read before from the Psalms, psalm 90 97 for you O lord are the most high over all the earth you are exalted above all other gods this guy had an appreciation of who God is. He recounts the exodus. He recounts the faithfulness of God. He recounts the power and the victory of God. He, he recounts the, the, the capacity of God to smash through and break every demonic bit of infrastructure that's in the heavens and in the earth to set people onto life. This guy had an appreciation of it because he knew his story. He knew where he came from. He knew where he was going. In settling for a less than life, where we've settled for less than God's greatness, we've started exalting someone else rather than him and his great goodness. You see, God is big, and he does hold everything together. That's why we're a people of faith and thanksgiving. God is very big, and yet when when this psalmist wrote this, he was just one small guy sitting somewhere on planet Earth in all its hugeness. And yet, he understood that he had glory to give and appreciation to give to the the big one, the biggest, the most high, the one who holds all things together. Do we realize just the, the craziness of that reality? That the great, most high God, the maker of heaven and earth, communes with me and you. Do we have an appreciation of that? Well, when we're living for God's glory, we are a people of great appreciation. <clears throat> you, you know the things that you appreciate because you spend a lot of time on them. We dust them a lot. We wash them a lot. You know the things that we have appreciation for because we spend a lot of time on them. We pour our time into them. We pour our energy into them. We pour our resources into them. That's how we know what we appreciate. Just look at how we spend our time, energy and money. Does our appreciation reflect the fact that we realise we're living for the glory of God in the earth? Big question. Big question. The second one there is adoration. In Matthew, well, in, in Isaiah 29, it's actually where it originally comes from, but Jesus also quotes it in Matthew chapter 15, and he's and he's um in, in Isaiah's situation, it was the people who'd been decimated and exiled, and they were in oppressive circumstances, and they were crying out again that God would restore them to the glorious promises that he had once established them in. And and in Isaiah's situation, as he's crying out, as the prophet is crying out. He's also reflecting the heart of God back to the people in Isaiah 29. And here's what came back from the heart of God in Isaiah 29. He says, these people, referring to his own people, they honor me with their lips, and yet their heart is far from me. There's this real capacity in us to actually try and live these segmented lives isn't there I'll keep my god stuff over there I'll keep my money over here I'll keep my sex life over there I'll keep my addictions over there and we try we live we have this capacity to keep our life very segmented very separated and that distresses the heart of god because what came back from Isaiah that day, as he expressed the heart of God to the people of God, he said, You know, you you, you honor me with this with your lips. You, you talk a good game. You talk a real good game. But your heart is so far from me. And I think that's what Paul's sensing there in Philippians 2. Make my joy complete. Hey, people don't just talk the talk. Let your heart be given in adoration. To God, Jesus, he 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 uses that that same scripture when he's answering some people one day in Matthew 15, and <clears throat> he he says he he requotes it to the same people. He says, you, you know, you honor me. God was Isaiah was right. He said, yep, not much has changed from then till now. <laughs> they talk a good talk, but their hearts are far from me. Oh, how the heart of God is distressed. When when his creation was made, that it would ascribe glory to the one who made it. To live a life made for the glory of God is to adore God, is to honour God. That word honour is an interesting word. It means to venerate as valuable it means to actually go okay i've i've looked at this i've considered this i've looked at its value emotionally spiritually economically I, i've 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 looked at this and i venerate this what that basically means is i lift this up i lift this up as being the most valuable this 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 is what this is what it means to Honor God. It means I've I've looked at who you are and your great faithfulness and the revelation of your forgiveness of my sin on the cross and your resurrection and the fact that you would invite me into your kingdom and save me from my own stuff and sin. And not just for me, but for the whole earth that it would come into the knowledge of God's glory. I've I venerate this God in my life. I, I I've I've measured, I've looked, I've seen, I've reflected, I've taken the time and I'm venerating you, oh God. I'm exalting you, I'm giving you, I'm ascribing that place to me in my life. You hold that place and no one else. This is, this is what it means to honour God. But not just here, here, in here. Capturing, I mean, the word in the Greek is the cardio, the heart, but it's, it, it actually means the seat of the most intelligent place of the core of our being. It's where decisions are made. It's where things are, are, are considered and processed and here deep in the intelligence of the seat of the heart. Right there and, and, in, and, in, and, as, and in meeting with you, God, you are more than anything than this world could give me. I venerate you. I, I value you so much. I adore you. I adore you. Do our hearts adore God? Because to do this is to actually step into our divine destiny. To ascribe glory to God in all the earth. That's what we've been made for. So that not that people would look here and go, oh gosh, that's a pretty good looking bloke standing in front of everyone over there. But that when people would look at us, they would see God. That what goes on in here is seen here. Hello? That what goes on in here, as I venerate God, as I exalt him in here, in the small decisions, and the big decisions, in the nuances of his love in my life, saying, follow me, do this for me, let's do this together, here, right in here, that as we do this, People look at this and they go, all glory to God. We're not writing a story about ourselves. We're entering into the story of God using us to glorify him. That's whose story we're entering into by faith in Jesus Christ. This is what it means. It means to so highly esteem as valuable with our whole life, our whole being, our whole activity base, our relationships, our hobbies, our desires, our dreams, all of who we are. That's why God said it to Moses before they entered into the promised land in Deuteronomy 6.5. He said so that things would go well for you. The heart of God said, so that things would go well for you and that you would live a long and prosperous life in the rule of God. Do this for me. He says, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. What's the key word? All. And yet, we live these segmented lives. Have mercy on us, God. Help us, help us get out of that segmenting thing that's in us, that broken way, that demonic thinking. Set us free from that, Holy Spirit, please. So that the way that we love each other reflects the glory of God. So that the way that we love our spouse reflects and honours the glory of God. So that the way we honour our children It reflects the glory of God. In the way that we administer and move in the power of the Holy Spirit to cast out demons, to heal the sick, for the glory of God. For the feeding of the poor and the hungry, for the glory of God. For every choice, for every cent, for every cent that passes into our bank accounts, for the greater glory of God in the earth. This is why we live. And somehow, for some reason, we settle for less. God, have mercy on us. Help us, God. We complain and we whinge before you that our lives are miserable and all of this, but shift our hearts today, I pray. Shift our hearts. Shift my heart. I want to to adore you, God. Affections, that's what you're seeing starting to come out in my emotions in this moment. Because I want to live a long, joy-filled life. I want it more than anything, and I want it for you as badly as I want it for me. And I want it for everyone that we feed through that work of the Mercy Center every day of the week that we're down there working, that the team is in there praying and serving and caring. For the children that we, that we, God only knows why, but he would give us children that we might impress upon them the greatness of God. How impressive are our lives to that end? I'm calling you into the high seas because that's where God wants us to play because that's where we do our best work. Jesus replied to a question one day about, well, what is the highest priority? What what is the biggest purpose? How should we live life? Now, the guys who asked him this question, they were trying to set him up to try and make him stumble in front of his You know, the intelligentsia and the religious leaders of the day. Jesus knew that. But he answered them quite well. He said, well, and he reaches back again into the story of the people of God. He goes back into Deuteronomy 6, 5, and he quotes it to them. Well, that's quite easy. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. Affections means bringing all of who we are. Body, mind and spirit. The the, the last one there is is, is the servant life. We've already touched on that in Philippians chapter 2. But let me just read a quick scripture to you in 1 Peter 4 or 1 Peter 4, verse 8. I can't bring this up. Let me just bring this up. So I've got it here. Is it up there? There it is. Now this is what it looks like when you're on deck when you're on battleship vineyard pine rivers all right this is what goes on on deck on the high seas as we follow god into the great adventure of his kingdom purpose for us he says above all it well verse 7 he says the end of all things is near therefore i forgot to put verse 7 up there be clear-minded be self-controlled so that you can pray Rob taught into the fruit of the Spirit last week. Go back and listen to that message. And above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Hey, folks, I just want to set you free today. If you don't want to get on this ship, that's going out into the high seas don't sign up to serve and grumble you'd be better off staying moored in the safe harbor there's complete freedom for that but just make your mind up be clear-minded be clear-minded as we follow god into his purposes for this season as to why we're here in planet earth on planet earth be very clear-minded. But if you are going to get onto the ship, you know, VCF, Pine Rivers. Now, he called it on the side of the boat. There was another name. If you listen to the message, he said down the side it said Party Central. <laughs> all right. We're here for the party. kingdom of God is a party. We want to celebrate God in all his goodness and power and glory and his inbreakings and his manifestations. We want it all. We want to celebrate who our God is in our worship, in everything that we do. But if you are going to jump on board and you are on board you are going to be called to be all in. You're not a passenger. You're a participant. Find out where you need to serve and serve because we need you. God wants you. He's called you to get on this boat because he wants you here. His grace is on you for this. But if you want to grumble, please stay at the moorings. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Wow. And each one of you should use whatever gift he's received to serve others. You've been endowed with the Holy Spirit. You've been endowed with the love of the Father. You've been endowed with the Lordship of Christ. Use that grace for the glory of God. Faithfully faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Can you hear the call to maturity in this scripture? Can you, can you hear the call to the people who don't want to just be the talkers? But, the, but, but Paul's saying, this is what it means to be a player in the kingdom. This is what it means to be all in. This is what it looks like. If anyone should speak, he should do it as if he's speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. And here it is, to him. To him. The way we do life together. The way we follow God together. The way we administer the grace of God on our life in its various forms together. The way that we ho- offer hospitality to each other without grumbling together. The way we love each other deeply because it covers over a multiple, multitude of sins together. The way we are clear minded and self controlled together to, so that to Him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So who's, who, who, <laughs> who gets celebrated in all of this? God does. God does. And that's exactly the reason why we're here. For the glory of God. Your vocation, your career, your family. For the glory of God. For the glory of God. It is a privilege. Now, if you, if you, the last scripture I want to quickly read to you is in 1 Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians, this is a really good um, little summation. Now, Paul's addressing a church here, and I, I realised the context the church was under a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and there was manifest signs and wonders going on, and all sorts of great and crazy stuff in the kingdom of God, the stuff we kind of read, and we go, yeah, I want more of that. Well, at the same time, there was some really just deplorable activity in terms of their moral life and character and he's calling them out of that he's saying now come on step up into greater maturity and uh and so anyway he's talking about freedom he's talking about freedom in 1 corinthians 10 he's talking about the fact that you've been you've been set free you've been totally set free and you can live this Unhindered, unhinged life under the goodness of god and 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 so people are trying to figure out well how to do, how do, who do we eat with who can't what food can I eat and what can't I eat and and so this the glory of God boils down into what does that look like for me on a daily basis and my choices can I eat this food can't I eat that food? well that's been offered to this idol and that's been offered to that well who can i how, who should I eat with who shouldn't I eat with? All this sort of stuff, you know, the practical nitty-gritty of your life where you're doing daily life and you're going, God, what should I do here? Well, Paul makes it real simple, real clear. Verse 31, I love this scripture. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do. So he covers everything there, really, in the whatever you do. (laughs) So just think about your life and... Whatever you do on a daily basis, do it all for the glory of God. There it is. There's the Christian life. There's the student of Jesus' life. That is what this boat is made for the glory of God. We're just going to do it all, whatever we do, whatever we're doing. What are we doing it for? The glory of God. The glory of God. Man, I'm on. I'm in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Some of you probably realized that for a while now. But I'm all in. Because we need all hearts, all hands, all feet, all all grace that's on your lives that the Holy Spirit has endowed you with, we need, we need all of that hospitality of God that's on our lives together. We need all of that love of God that's on our lives together. We need all of that, all the time, on deck, with every hand and heart participating for the greater glory of God. For the greater glory of God! Woo! For the greater glory of God. <laughs> you catching some of that? I hope so. I do hope so. I know you are. I I know you guys are. But this morning, the Holy Spirit is just pressing into where we've settled for less. Where we've settled for less. Because we haven't understood that we're for, the reason why we're here, it's for the great glory of God in the earth. And I'm telling you now, there's a whole bunch of people that aren't here Because they don't get that. And they've been following Jesus and they're disgruntled and they're upset and they don't know what to do anymore and they're disappointed because they haven't got this. And I'm telling you, the grace of God is on you and me to go and help them rediscover it. Go and get them and bring them back into the story that they've been saved into. Because the enemy is such a disqualifier, such a a want to sideline people. There's grace on us, people. We're made for the high seas. And a battleship, if you hadn't known this, remember Rob said we're a battleship. As he was praying, the Lord showed him a battleship. Well, I did a little bit of investigation this week. I punched into Google. What is a battleship for? And so anyway, I found all these great, you know, articles and things, but basically, a couple of things. To advance freedom and to defend the freedom that's been won. That's our calling. We're going to the high seas. You're going onto the high seas. Yeah, you are. You're already out there. You're going in deeper. We're going under the high seas. Whatever you do. Whatever you do. Whatever you do. Do it for the glory of God. Do it for the glory of God. And let's do it together. A good friend of mine, his name's Jeff Baker, and he pastors a vineyard church down in Melbourne at Berwick. And he, the first time I met him, I went to a meeting. He's, he's, he's from England, so it sort of took a little while for us to connect a bit. And, but anyway, I was kind of like, oh, here's this English guy, you know. And... Um, we're sitting in this meeting. First time I'm in this meeting in a room with about a dozen people, and we're talking about some of the just you know the, the challenges of, of of pastoring and leading, and what's that like for you and for you and for you. And he just said these, this simple little statement, and I went, "Actually, you're all right, mate." And he said this. He says, <clears throat> "We all have something to give, and we all have something." to receive and the third thing he said was something to the effect of we all have something to give we all have something to receive and together we are better for it isn't that a great little I thought you're alright for a pommy That day I just thought, yeah, you're all right, Because he understands mateship just from an English perspective, not an Aussie perspective. We all have something to bring. We all have something. That's why Peter talked about it, the grace that's on you in its various forms. We all have something to bring. We all have something to receive. Because I'm incomplete without you. And we're incomplete without each other. And together, we're better for it. In other words, to the glory of God. So, who wants to get on on board? <laughs> who wants to get on board? I'm gonna I'm gonna hush up and we're gonna pray. And why don't you, if you want to just get on board, <clears throat> why don't you just um. Stand up where you are and we'll just pray that that what God's doing in this season would we'll just fan that into you and fan that work in you and you're realizing that this is all in. So what that means is if any of us says to the other, What's the various grace that God's placed on your life, and are you using it here? Our heart and our hope is that you would say full well, yes, it is, to the glory of God. Find that place and serve. Holy Spirit, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives and in the body of Jesus and in this 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 church in particular. Thank you that you've, in this season, you're calling us on to the, the destiny of the adventure of your kingdom god high seas (laughs) you've made us to live for so much more you've made us to live for your glory god i just generously now by your spirit would you just come upon each and every one of us in this room right now that's yep lord i want to get on board i'm on board just holy spirit just come now just affirm that with your presence i pray Just affirm that now with your presence, your manifest presence. Holy Spirit, would you just release your manifest presence, be it heat in our bodies or tingling in our hands or burning in our feet or just the heat of your presence over our mind. Just however you want to do that, Holy Spirit, would you just engage, engage, engage with us right now, I pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. More. 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 More, Holy Spirit. More. Please. Thank you, God. Show us, Lord, even as you're touching us now, let the eyes of our heart be enlightened to know that we've been made for the glory of God and nothing less. Such a high purpose. Such a glorious truth. Oh, God, would you just burn that in our hearts right now by this just, this, just the burning of your spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit in your heart again afresh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And Lord, where we've just, you know, done the lip talk, but we haven't done the walk. Just, I we just acknowledge that before you and just have mercy on us just wash wash it that wash that away set us free empower us again to be walking in the fullness of why you've made us and why you've saved us thank you holy spirit thank you holy spirit